Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the Bangover Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and I am Scott Allen. Yeah. Uh, Chris Myers, as always, producer. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, super fan, Bria Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, can, yeah. Can we get a Rob Zombie? Yeah. 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 Oh, um, so today we're doing White Zombies. Oh my God. Astro Creep 2000. Love songs of destruction and uh, other significant delusions. Synthetic. Synthetic delusions of the electric head. Did I get it right? There you go. The whole title. Just uh, known to most people as Astro Creep 2000. I just say Astro Creep. Oh, <laughs> Astro Creep. Just, uh, I'm going. Well, then we go Astro. I'm not even, yeah. See, they were just going, uh, their last album. I always <laughs> thought that this album came out in 2000 because of the 2000 after it. I was wrong. Oh, I, I think the idea of this album is very uh, horror in space. I get that themed. now. I mean, as a child. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it all starts kind of like a, a corny sci-fi movie. And then obviously songs on here are like more human than human, you know, Blur the techno colors mm. and stuff like that. It's, yeah, it's very space horror, space, space retro, sci-fi. Horror. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, last White Zombie album, and it came out in 1995, mm-hmm. so way off on the 2008. Okay, five years before. <laughs> Sorry, this will make it it's 25. I love how they 25th kind of, anniversary. Mm-hmm. They want to do something futuristic. Yeah, let's uh, name it five years before. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, today is White Zombie. Dang. I just sit up yours, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sexy. Oh, yeah. Super sex. It is, uh, yeah, this is a, there's some love songs in here for sure. That's a lovemaking song. Maybe not a love song. It's a. The whole, the whole. Sexy space, Barbarella. Thing. That's all a lot of yeah, the songs sexy are space like creatures. that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's that whole... Uh, it's shit that uh, strippers can dance to and uh, not feel too bad. There you go. <laughs> it's stuff that I would listen to, or dance to, rather, if I was uh, doing that. <laughs> I mean, these are songs that you would hear in a strip club. That Both. and Rob Zombie Both. songs. True. That and Rob Nine Zombie Inch songs. Nine Inch songs. Yeah. Rob Zombie songs. Romstein songs. Yeah. 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 Industrial metal songs. Industrial. Why? Yeah. <laughs> this is the time. This was like... Um, I. Would you guys say their last or the album right before this, uh, Devil Music, was that very industrial like as well? I mean, there was not as much as this one. Not as much as this one because now we have like a keyboard player that's added in on it as well. That's like, you know, I didn't know they had a keyboard player until they were like, oh yeah, and they got this keyboard player to come in. and, And I was like, oh, well, you need that for all these sound effects that are in here. But yeah, it's something that you don't think of. The whole, I think the stats on it were like there were 72 tracks and then 48 are analog and then the 24 are uh, digital. So, no, oh, so they're like blending in just like the butthole surfer thing where it's like we're blending the well, just, analog and the digital. Yeah, but like a lot of the, like to your point, this one's more digital because there's uh, 48 or, you know, 24, almost half of the tracks on the whole album are just digital tracks, samples, synthesizer, whatever. There's Yeah, there's know. so many things in the background that you can hear um, that you just don't realize until you're like listening very close. Um, uh, everything's very simple 
around it but inside that there's a lot of like sound effects and cool little things going on to make it it's very (laughs) it's very psychedelic at the same time because it's a lot to do with like it's it's a lot jammy it's very jammy in my opinion you know these songs kind of like have like uh two riffs that they like on this album a lot just two riffs that they just go back and forth on back and forth but it's really groovy and it kind of flows and nothing's too harsh on this Mm -hmm. maybe uh, Chris, the first song we picked, uh, Chris, that was your pick. Yeah, that was like one of the you know heaviest songs in here. Yeah, by there's, far. There's just like another one towards the end that's really is it steadiness, it's cadence. It yeah, but yeah, uh, uh, to that point, like the previous album didn't get as big of a like acclaim, like success, and that's so weird. Yeah, but it was more like I guess to the roots. I don't know. Of like was, of like just the pure like song like band, whereas this has like you said the keyboard player, there are more samples, more sound effects. It, it's almost like he's making a movie with each album, like how he makes a movie. It's like a different concept, a different idea, a different direction that we go upon. Therefore, changing yeah. the sound a little bit. Um, concept yeah. albums almost. Yeah, the guys, names yeah. give it away. To you guys' point, something that I found when I was researching stuff um, that was kind of interesting to me. I'm gonna butcher her name, Sean Yelst. Yost. Come on, Chris, pronounce it right. Oh my God. I don't know. Shana Yost. I'm looking at it right now. I just don't know how to pronounce it. But um, she originally started out playing the Forfaista keyboard, which yeah. is an Italian keyboard that focuses on like the weird like electronic organ sounds. She was a musician her whole so, life playing shows when she was eight years old. Right. But I feel like that definitely, um, that influence that she has with coming from that background. Um, has to do with how these yeah, albums sound. Yeah, and I believe it was one of the members in the band that she was in playing keyboard for uh, taught her how to play bass. She was like, yeah. I want to play bass. It's the guy that yeah. recorded them later. And then uh, White Zombie was formed, just like how most bands are formed. Uh, two people meet in college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how they did it. And then they drop out of college and they just play shows every single night in New yeah. York City because this is where White Zombie was born, New York. And in 1985, you can only imagine, right? I mean, at this time, there's still a lot of things going on. And, you know, White Zombie took a long time to get there, but um, yeah. really just putting in the grind yeah, this is a bunch putting of, your face in the scene. And when I think of 1985, I don't think of this sound at all. But it, I, uh, I do think of bands already getting there, or if not, it was kind of done a little before then because uh, we have the end of the Misfits, and here comes, like, the, the break when Danzig's not around, right? And then Danzig comes up with his sound, which is a very, like... It's his own sound. It's his, it's his much own more straightforward. Creepy. Yeah, everyone has their own like defining sound. Uh, yeah. White Zombie took a while to find theirs, but once that did happen, uh, done. The band was done. <laughs> Most successful album. All right, hang it up. We're, We're just done. saying they're still very different and unique for that time, regardless of like where they're coming yeah, from and their background. Uh, they were saying that too in so many interviews. Uh, Rob Zombie was saying like uh, their order forms were different, or like they were just doing weird, wacky shit on stage being very experimental so in Mm -hmm. a way it's very psychedelic and jam band like and they were just doing stuff that most people would just look at them and be like what the fuck is going on yeah because they didn't even know how to play their instruments when they first got started they were just learning as you go and it's the same thing when it comes to a lot of punk bands if you look at like uh we broke down those black flag songs to learn those covers uh here for bangover and uh they didn't know what they were doing either. Those order forms are totally out of whack. They were just like first course, first, 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 first. And it's like they were just going at it 
blindly, just, just let's do it real fast and go, you know? And then eventually you, you find the groove, but it's, it's weird because even though they didn't know how to play their instruments that well, or know how to like really structure a song, a lot of that shit is very, it's, we still listen to it nowadays, especially those Ramon songs. They just, something about it just sounded catchy. Something about them. They just had a sound, mm-hmm. you know, something that was different. Yeah. Especially in that time. Um, so you can see where white zombie kind of like, why they got signed because uh, just one of those weird wacky bands that deserves to be out there because they're not like that's a good else. word. They are wacky. They're just <laughs> yeah. throwing a bunch of bunch of fucking sounds together, seeing, seeing they had what to, goes like, on. Fight through what's the whole cool, though, Seattle brunch like, scene too. Yeah, but what's cool with them is like they're actually like they're throwing a bunch of stuff together, but they're not. To me, they're not like I wouldn't listen to them and be like, oh yeah, that's totally like mid-80s punk or that's totally mid-80s metal or anything they like i said i think that they're very different like you could put them in the background of any weird b sci-fi horror movie i'd be like that belongs even though that sounds weird it still belongs somehow it's kind of like we didn't even get to that what we usually talk about um how, what was the first time you ever heard oh yeah let's zombie? go back <laughs> and um that's it right there it's it was in movies it was um it was like you put on MTV, yeah. uh, Rob Zombie was like walking down the red carpet going to the MTV Awards. It's <laughs> like, some cool. He was some butthead. It, that's how nah. White Zombie became really famous, actually. It wasn't even Headbangers Ball. I watched a whole interview where Ricky Rat was like, these goddamn cartoons are more famous are than cartoons. us and they get people more boost than they do. And They're like a video game, like Mortal Kombat shit. <laughs> I think it was because, you know, Beavis and Butthead didn't give a fuck and they played what they actually liked. Uh, fucking Headbangers Ball was almost like the first like uh version of like uh trl you know total request live because people would call in and request shit and when they didn't they would bitch and moan and this is like early 90s so it was like okay so wait what's the fucking first call time? center i'm gonna ricky rat sucks the first time you heard <laughs> he was a cool zombie. guy though I heard the first time you heard it. It was because of Rob Zombie, but I know I heard those white zombie songs way before um a movie called brain dead that had a uh, I can't remember the actor's name, but the kid from Terminator 2. You guys know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was in it. It was about a video game. Okay. And um, I remember all the older kids were listening to White Zombie, and he was like, fuck you guys, and like cranked up Judas Priest. I don't know. Because it was like in that time, like 92. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was like all the cool college kids, like White Zombie, this experimental music. You can you know, only imagine what's going on at this time in music. You know, we've talked about it. I'm thinking of Dead Alive because the original title of Dead Alive was Brain but Dead. Yeah, movies. Um, but it was like uh, horror movies especially. And then, therefore, this has a horror movie background to it. So it, it was always there. I feel like this is so crazy. We haven't done an episode on White Zombie or Rob Zombie. But I felt like we've talked about it. Quite a bit, you know yeah. what I mean? The first Peripherally, yeah. They're it's he's everywhere. Uh, Rob Zombie like, is a part of like culture. The first time I paid attention to, to Rob Zombie, like actually sat down and paid attention. My fam, my like older cousin and my aunt were actually both really into White Zombie and Rob Zombie, and I was like, okay, this is great. And I wasn't quite into that sound yet, but then um, when House of Thousand Corpses came out, it was the first time I really started listening to Rob Zombie and then went back and listened to White Zombie. Remember renting like blockbuster videos and seeing the trailer for House of Thousand Corpses. And it was like years before it even came out, you know, (laughs) them just digging that grave in the rain. And it's like giving you this whole like suspenseful like house, but like directed by like Rob grind, Zombie, grindhouse like style. All the yeah. grindhouse, all the coloring like, goes with everything that he represents. You look at an album cover, or you even listen to it. When you when I listen to it, 
I imagine those colors, like that weird effect, like you said, Grindhouse, just like shitty film. Yeah. It was all about the aesthetic as much as the music it was, too. The way they looked on stage, their Mm -hmm. stage performances, uh, the booklets. Yeah. Yeah. The drawings. Blow in the the dark paint. Yeah. Fucking sick, dude. Yeah. So it all. Tacky Halloween decorations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember like the giant stage props, like, you know what I mean? Towards the end. They're like those light. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. They had, they had, they were into the prop thing. Even nowadays, it's so like we saw Rob Zombie like two years ago and it's even better than it was back then because it's like the first time there is like in their thirties. The first time I I saw Rob Zombie, that's just like such a good example. Like, so one of the, he was one of the coolest concerts I've seen. He was opening up for Ozzy. And just because you were talking about like stage props and stuff, he came out on a, I think I mentioned this in one of the earlier episodes, but he came out on a huge, devil head i've seen that fire fire from this devil head's eyes and he like walked down off the top of it like he was controlling it like he was like larger than this all about the stage show it was fucking phenomenal he was a part of that whole like everyone doing that at this time you know because we had we just listed them off it was Mm -hmm. like nine inch nails marilyn manson even Ozzy Shock was putting stars, together man. these huge stage shows yeah. because you got to keep up with bands like Iron Maiden and Kiss is still on tour mm-hmm. and shit like that, you know? And they were always known for that. Just bring a whole background set of like Stonehenge, but like an actual <laughs> like life-size yeah. version. It's like, and it'd be like are you ridiculous? Like that, yeah. yeah. Things that move. The Eddie thing yeah, with the hand going like, across. Yeah. You know, Maiden's uh, notorious for it. Yeah, uh, no one yeah. ever had that type of budget. Yeah. I don't even know if Rob Zombie has that type of budget to put in, but he's done some pretty crazy he's shit. He's done I've some the, pretty like, crazy shit. I like the robot. That, yeah, I like the robot guys on the stilts. demon head was, yeah. would not be able to fit in this apartment. Like, and obviously the huge. fire, but yeah, you know, that comes fire, with yeah. it, yeah. yeah. But I mean, the thing that would rival that would be like Alice Cooper, which played with Rob Zombie that one uh, plenty of times, but I mean, that's like when you, it's like back to back. That's where you kind of see the, where it started and then where it like kind of yeah. progressed to with. And because it was like the, it was just like mm-hmm. uh, 80s hair metal bands and we were doing yeah. that for so long and then grunge came along and then it was like, that's why they call it shoegaze. I didn't even realize that is because you're staring at their shoes. Yeah. Because there's nothing else going on on stage. I'm a fucking idiot, by the way. Um, <laughs> you just weren't ever into that. Yeah, but I didn't realize that's why they call it shoegaze because it's just like, yeah, cool. <laughs> and it's just a bunch of normal looking dudes on stage. There's no theatrical uh, event going on, you know? It's like, it's not like a. He explained it like if always. you go to see a movie and the director came out and read the script to you. That would be the same as like not putting on like so an, audio an actual show when you play these songs live. <laughs> yeah. Might as well just record it and just put out the album. You don't need to play them live. But to each their own, all right? I know <laughs> like has their own they talk about the grunge thing, but there was plenty of bands that were destructive on stage because Nirvana would always put on like a crazy show. Yeah. It just, some of towards those the end, it had got the punk towards, rock. Yeah, they got like to the prop stuff, show. the in utero, you know, classic. Yeah. Euro stage props all over the place. I know That's the Melvins what, are like just, you know. Flowers. I mean, kind of got a little weird at the end. Oh, yeah. You know? <laughs> got like, a little weird. Everyone's like, like, the, like the life size, like yeah. in utero, like angel thing on stage. And, oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like they had, they started to get into that. Yeah. And then they had like some visuals just in the background. wanted to be remembered. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they kind of like rocked like a metal band. But they told, but yeah. yeah, they would end up just destroying it. So, yeah, it, exactly. <laughs> so like, it, yeah. 
there's a, there's a certain sense, but I, I do get what Rob Zombie was uh, saying because I always thought that too, and I wanted to start a band. And Chris is totally against this, by the way. Chris, I wanted to dress up and put on the makeup and create costumes, and Chris is like, I'm not because every doing because that. it's so hard to do and get taken seriously. Every band it, that I've yes, seen do it true. locally, it, to, they don't. I mean, unless you really do just get laughed at for a you while. You have to take it so seriously, Until like there cannot be it. a break, sort of a yeah. thing. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't want to say names or stuff, but it's like there's never, it's never like a hundred percent commitment to the thing when you're doing it and since we're like with these local bands we see them off stage and on stage so it's really hard to like you're seeing them for the first time them have this like mo like persona and like motif or something and just like carry it yeah. on stage and carry it off stage and you're like believe it so it's like really hard if you wear masks and stuff like there's no stage like, curtain to like Build the the backdrop and then like, present it to the crowd. It's like them seeing the, you the put it together. It's like the mystery of it, or like it the sucks. you know what I mean. Like it just kind of I, I don't know. You lose that when you're. I get what you're saying, but you can also there's a smaller scale like uh, bands I, like Sodomy Cop where I feel like yeah you can build like you, a you I don't know this is just my opinion. I sure. feel like you one. can build like an atmosphere on stage and totally be committed to it. While you're up there in the moment, I am not a musician. You guys yeah. do these things. Yeah. I'm just as a as a person who goes to to see them. That's all I'm saying. But um, I feel like you can separate it off stage. I mean, when you get off, like you don't, you're not constantly going to be wearing the costume. But if you commit fully to it on the stage and you build it, so it's like you know, like a scene. Like I've had friends that yeah. are in bands that are doing like it's not just that they're in a costume. Like they build a scene on stage and they commit to that idea that they you're are there playing in that a scene. character. Like, yeah, playing a yeah. character. I mean, thinking of like Slipknot or something like, you know, they're getting on and off stage in the costume. They're not taking it off at any Guys point. Guys could take yeah. it off. But this is the but, reason but, why. Like, but I mean, that yeah. led, like, who knows where that started. But like, I just mean that now that's their whole thing. Like, I don't know. They're I, not going to pull a kiss and like, like uh, they have done it, but they're yeah. not going to like, just we're not wearing the masks no more. No, that's what like made. Slipknot, Slipknot. That, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I, well, you'd I have know. to do it every performance, yeah, but I'm saying, like, once you got off stage, I'm sure that there's... Some bands, I mean, of course bands do it. Like, I guess Sodomy Cop, like, you know, wears something normal, goes into, pulls a Superman and goes into the bathroom and comes out looking like yeah. his um, thing and then goes back into That's the That's the hardest part you know to do I mean? it on a local level, like, being, like, in the bathroom trying to put on your That's makeup. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it gets, it, yeah. That's where I've the, helped m many a friend put on the makeup in the bathroom before shows. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of places have green rooms. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shitty, it, 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 shitty lighting. Yeah. That was the uh, worst fucking thing. On a broken uh, mirror. Yep. To that point, uh, it's just Shard them glass. being taken seriously at this time because then them doing all these crazy things on the stage and neon paints and glow in the dark, this and robots on stage. Fake it's blood. Like that this point in the 90s was like prime for that like yeah because we were now done with the grunge. we may it's a little hard you know you have like bands like ghosts maybe bring it back chris like, bring it know, back they're bringing it back <laughs> well they you know are bringing it back but in slip the, not being one of the most successful metal bands of all time at, at right now right you now. know it's like yeah what so how did it, that happen to slip and then he, there's even like uh you know it's happening in country people where like i can't remember the guy's name but i just saw him on like one of the late night shows and he wears like a bandana over his face so like this this and you know wears a unique outfit but it's like plays country, like Western outfit. Yeah, like yeah. a complete Western outfit. It's cool. Like he's but a it Desperado. Yeah. But it's like it's got the little like f f dangly's like a curtain would have or something. Oh. You know what I mean? So it's like it. 
he has this image about him, but in the, just to that, like it's, I guess seeing a resurgence in, in some genres and maybe that's where he's excelling. Cause it doesn't happen in country. Yeah. Whereas metal, it's like, Oh, you're dressing up in metal. Okay. What are you? The next uh, last 50 bands that dressed up and did something like you gotta be really unique. It, it has like, its ups and downs. Yeah. We went through a long time of just going back to having bands perform like in clothing, like Avenged Sevenfold style, like just going out there and just hammering like it down. Tattoos you know? and like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just kind of power black on, stance. Black on black, black on black. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Forever and ever until you die. Yeah. Got a vest, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, the, like it just every genre kind of has that image sort of thing. You know, like the jean jacket vests for but like. What really sets it off is having even like, uh, hip-hop acts uh, or rappers do these insane elaborate concerts now like it's yes. another show or even uh, jam bands like uh, the String Cheese Incident having the most craziest they have people in bubbles bouncing on top yeah. of the crowd It that's absurd this time yeah. too like, was the amount that, of production that they put was in was that time of production like Cypress Hill you know Dr. Dre that whole like Up and Smoke tour was like Oh, sort of in yeah, this yeah. time, and they had huge stage productions and just all kinds of stuff. So like this, this was that prime time to and like. That's what makes Rob Zombie still able to go on tour nowadays, is because he's always had that stage performance, and people were like, "Oh, go see Rob Zombie. You know what you're getting. You know you're yeah. getting a stage performance. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hear some of your favorite songs. You might hear some new songs because that guy never stops working." I know plenty of people that if I randomly invited them to a Rob Zombie concert, they would go. regardless of whether they yeah. are big fans, they'd be like, "Yeah, I'm down." It's not like you have to know every song either because they're all very like they're intended to just catch like the groove in a sense. Right. And like and on top of the stage production, it's sort of like this all in You're gonna have fun. So, yeah. yeah. It's like you don't have to know the songs or sing along in a sense. Because how do you grab someone not knowing your songs? Yeah. Right? It's like if you don't know the songs, you're like, There's songs to bang to your out. head to. Yeah. <laughs> but if but if it but if it's an insane elaborate stage show while you're hearing the song, like that was how I saw Gore. I didn't True. even I didn't yeah, really right. know many songs, yeah. and I was like, every song was awesome, and I didn't know because there was just, thing for there was things yeah. going on yeah. at the same time, and the music was a part of that in the background. You know, definitely the music comes first, but having the imagery, uh, imagery, and uh, the stage uh, persona is very important. Um, depending on what type of music you're playing, I'm not saying every band needs to do this, you know, yeah. because yeah, bands that's like, like there's plenty of metal bands that still just, you watch them play and they're not doing anything too crazy. And it's still like, wow, you know, maybe it's just because the technicality of what they play or something like that. But there's, there's something for everyone. You don't need to always have flamethrowers and um, women in cages hit with chainsaws, you know, although it helps. It helps, but if you're not playing that style of music, I guess, you know, yeah. or going upon that imagery yeah. for your type of metal band, let's say, you know what I mean? Mm. So it depends. But I do like a, a big stage performance and I, I do love horror movies. And that's why Rob Zombie was the first one to bring me into metal. And I even, I remember having a, <laughs> a conversation like in fifth grade with this girl and, she, you know, the other gothic kid in the class. And fifth she grade. was like, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, oh, uh, I think Rob Zombie uh, is cooler than White Zombie. And she was like, no, White Zombie is cooler than Rob Zombie. And this is only like Rob Zombie's first album, you know, yeah. and White Zombie only, I, you could say this is their fourth one, but I'll say two. <laughs> really? The other ones are like, ugh. They're indie labels. They're just mixed. It's I don't. It's not what I think of when I think of White Zombie. Um, but 
I remember just being in love with Rob Zombie because he was irrelevant at that time. Like, I wasn't around when White Zombie was around. And there was not the thing where I can just go online and find their yeah. songs and yeah. be like, and compare the two. I had to have some guy burn me a CD to give me a couple of songs of whoever, you know? Mm-hmm. Or can I borrow this? The Little Nicky soundtrack? Can I borrow this? Uh, how yeah. I Hear Power in 5000, you know yeah. what I mean? So His little brother. <laughs> yeah, which is never brought up uh, in I any swear interview. You did not. I know I said it for the longest time, but didn't believe me. I had to. I had to prove. To I him know, that but Spider Zombie I've, I've was heard Rob interviews with brother. both of them, and they don't they talk just don't like their brother. Want to attribute their success? to No them, one asked you know. Spider about like. Do you think? I guess it's because like. Do you think your band got signed because Rob Zombie is your brother and it's like they don't they don't even remind they were signed me of to a way different record label. Honestly, it was like Sony Records. I, they were honestly, signed. I, I think they sound pretty not like exactly similar, but they're really? pretty close. Okay, okay. I think. So well, I think that Spider Zombie player. sounds like Rob Zombie, but I don't think that the sound of Power Ramp Five Thousand sounds like Rob. The Zombie rhythm at all. guitar player has gone between White Zombie and I think Rob uh, Zombie is more of like like groovy they rhythm like guitar player. Like yeah, Power Man's like a little bit more like uh, softer. Yeah. Still hard, but more like, I would say even more on the sci-fi side. Power like, Man is? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They're on the sci-fi where he's more on like the black and white like B monster I think movie. that White Zombie and Rob Zombie sound more ex- experimental than Power Man 5000 does. We're just talking about like Stars Collide. I think and then the uh, albums maybe. before that, I guess one was about Kung Fu. The Kung Fu, <laughs> yeah, that one. I guess all we ever think of when it comes to Power Man is when stars revolve. <laughs> well, that is their big. I mean, if we're comparing this album to their White Zombie's biggest album, when stars Power Man's revolve, that's not biggest not album. How you say it? That's not what tonight. Tonight the stars revolt. revolt. Yeah. <sighs> right in the comments, and how much you hate me. And it's wor- <laughs> it's wor- isn't it worlds collide? That's the song. Yeah, you said stars collide earlier though. Yep. <laughs> we're not talking about them. We're talking about yeah. White Zombie. We also weren't talking about the Ramones or anybody else. Anyway, go on. But those all have to do. So, did you ever hear that Ramones cover album? Yeah, I know it was. Okay, Rob so Zombie did that. He covers Sniffing Glue. <laughs> he he does a cover of. Yeah, he he put yeah. it all together. He did like all the album art and got all the bands involved. Rob Zombie's just always been like a staple. He's a it's big hard, fan it's of It's hard to Ramones, talk about White so. Zombie and not talk about Rob yeah. Zombie. But uh, why don't we listen to another oh, song and we can get that. into the personnel behind this album For and sure. stop talking about just... Gushing about it. And just stop gushing. What's uh, what's our what's uh, we doing on this? So, uh, you know, we got to go with the hit. And it's still one of my favorite songs. It is More Human Than Everyone Human. knows this, yeah. Yeah. But I love the video. One. It's a great I song. I love the music video. Yeah. All right, well, let's, uh, All right, let's do it. Let's jam uh, on it. Uh, 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 uh,
absolutely love that song. Uh, the music video, um, Chris, that guitar. You love it? <laughs> I, lo- I love the guitar. I think it sounds really good. Is, hell. <laughs> is that a slide? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It also sounds kind of hillbillyish. That's what it reminds me of. It's like kind of weird middle country. There's a little bit of a twang to it. A little twangy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that guy's guitar style. Like just that song alone is just like, that's such a wacky way of like playing. And I was obsessed when I heard it when I was a kid. I was just like, this is awesome. This is what I want to be listening to. Anything like this, anything, anything around this, you know? So that like opens up to like not just metal bands, but anything that's kind of like a little out there and a little weird or disturbing in some ways. And um, uh, most of all, fun. Like, such yeah, it's fun. fun. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It, it, the whole music video is like what them in a bedroom just bouncing around on their couches you know it's like <laughs> it makes me want to do that like every time I hear the song I'm like yeah yeah and it I don't know it's one of those things that doesn't get old did you look at it when you were little and you're like I want to be a rock star <laughs> yeah for sure I mean right now like we you know we're filming or uh, recording this um, in a bunker in Austin Texas bunker. Um, we've been here for During the, 248 uh, days now yeah we recording have this a journal, in the future. Like, during uh, haven't been outside. 367 <laughs> days. This is the 26th anniversary of uh, Astro Creek. It's the 25th? <laughs> no, we're doing it in the future. In the future? Mm. During the future when coronavirus has destroyed everything. Oh, oh don't say that. <laughs> we're living in a desolate world. God. We are in quarantine. We've all been uh, yeah. same couple of apartment units for the past month been a month i don't want to talk about it. uh chris <laughs> segway virus <laughs> just like the zombie movie that this thank you chris original white zombie movie white zombie original zombie movie starring bella Lugosi. white zombie that's where they got the name from what year was that why don't i know that in my head it was in the days of black and white so obviously <laughs> but it was bella Lugosi's 19... first movie 20, no, too, that's no, too far. 1930. Nope. Uh, nope. <laughs> um, 1910. <laughs> okay, it wasn't before Nosferatu. We when can did, safely say that. Was, was there sound in this movie? I think we've owned it. We bought that movie. And I own like, it somewhere. Cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, 19, like it's, it's 1932. It. You're right with the third. It's 1932. <laughs> yeah. But first, if you guys are interested in zombie movies during the times of the apocalypse, watch White Zombie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I would fall asleep. It's because you don't appreciate things. It all depends. <laughs> um, it, it could probably, it's probably better than I think. I've never seen it, so me saying like... Also never sat down sucks. and watched The Shining. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> all the way through, it's very Horror movie fan, hi. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm not Rob Zombie or anything. I don't live it every day. <laughs> wow. All well, right. <laughs> um, who was some of the, let's talk about the personnel on this album. Uh, starting off with the band, we all, we all yeah. know Rob Zombie. Got Rob. And got he Rob. Got Rob. He's, he did, I, I mean, the band kind of structured where it's like he's doing all the vocals and all the. Um, yes. And the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, he's got vo- credits for vocals, illustration, art direction, um, all that stuff. And 
only credited for lyrics. The rest of the band is credited on every song as far as writing. So he didn't write any songs. Just as yeah, far as like just the lyrics, yeah, just the lyricist. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you have Jay Younger on guitar, Sean uh, Yasolt on bass, and also did uh, something to the art direction, and John Tempesta doing drums. And uh, all of them have like, you know, history as far as post White Zombie doing stuff. And uh, let's talk about Jay. Jay, yeah. Yeah, the guitar player. Yeah, yeah. So, what was he in before hitting White Zombie? Because White Zombie, if you look, they have a lot of interchangeable members of just really guitar players and yeah. uh, drummers. He's like in a band started punk with band. Uh, Shauna and um, Rob Zombie meeting in college. So, yeah, from here, here we go. You know, but yeah, being in punk band, uh, early '80s, you know, hardcore punk bands, just stuff, random yeah. bands. Opening for big bands, uh, Minor Thread, Big Boys, Flipper, stuff like that. Um, kind of getting into that early white zombie sound with that um, that noise rock sort of a thing. Kind of like how you're saying, yeah, the early stuff doesn't really kind of have that that uh, punk influence into that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, um, and then you got Sean, who. Uh, like you said, they met. Um, uh, she's one of the founding members. They met in college. Yeah, and she, they were dating uh, before this album. Uh, previously, breaking up. <laughs> yeah, they both met in Parsons uh, School of Design right before recording this album, and uh, it was super funny. I was watching an interview on Headbangers Ball in the middle of them talking about recording this up and coming album, being on uh, Airheads, but not knowing what they're going to be doing in Airheads. <laughs> it was right before the Beavis and Butthead CD uh, came out as well. So it was all in that time frame with their old drummer too on tour with Anthrax. Did I already say this on this? Um, <laughs> I've talked about it all day. But um, but no, yeah, White yeah. Zombie was her first band and uh, she basically, you know, she was in that for 11 years, you know. So that was her main thing. And then she uh, was in a, a germs tribute band for a while she was in famous monsters after mm-hmm. and she re- played for the cramps played for, for the cramps bit. for a little bit yeah bass and then we got um john tempesta who uh he's got a bit of a past too playing with bands from you know exodus testament you know tempest was, temp, uh, tempest was brought on temp, uh tempesta yeah, but he played oh, for Tempest. Tempest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. Is that him and his brother's band? Because uh, <laughs> um, his brother, for a second, too, uh, Tempestus' brother, uh, played for White Zombie as well at one point. Yeah. And kind he, of moving, he was in also in uh, Power Man 5000. So, what? They're all friends. Yeah. He, he also <laughs> played in Helmet for a little bit, and he also is the drummer for Rob Zombie for basically his whole first solo career three yeah. albums I intro think. or something yeah Maybe first three four uh, I, yeah but that's why this album also sounds like those rob zombie like when it's, i'm hearing the drums the very like, first, they sound yeah very similar like the whole drum sound how big it is and just like rocking and how industrial it sounds like that and at the same time over. he's he's so simplistic when i first yeah. got my rogers kit my starter drum kit i got a tape with a VHS tape to show me how to set it up. And he was one of the drummers that showed me. I was like, 
Yes. I want to yeah. amend myself really quick. It wasn't Tempest. It's Testament that he oh, played yeah. for. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. we said. Okay. Exodus Sorry. and Testament. Testament. Sorry, she's not Sorry. a metalhead, y'all. Okay, we fuck apologize. yourself. Okay, um, <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, so, yeah, and then they also had an additional member on this album, uh, Charlie Clo- Clouser, who did uh, the keyboards and programming. <laughs> he also worked with uh, Nine Inch Nails and stuff, and he's got... Worked with everyone. Yeah, he's got a pretty much... His credentials go even past this. He, uh, you know, did today. He's doing like scores for TV shows and stuff. American Horror Story, which makes sense. Um, he did all the Saw franchise. He's responsible for that. So you know, motherfucker. Um, yeah, but just he works with a lot of people. Remixed, you know, Nine Inch Nails, Manson, Rammstein, basically everyone we've kind of yeah. mentioned in this whole '90s industrial scene that's happening. Um, yeah, just programming and stuff, and uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty big um, repertoire and like just uh, credentials, you know. Yeah, and this His, is uh, bringing uh, the new drummer in, this keyboard player, and then we also have um, who we talked about on this podcast multiple times, Terry Date coming in yeah, to do the say, production on this. Uh, Terry, so Terry he, Date's done like you know what you're yeah. gonna get. Should we list again what he's done? Um, I don't know. Every fucking corn album. All the uh, Pantera stuff. Soulfly shit. All the Pantera <laughs> shit. Besides for the album we were talking yeah. about uh, uh, recently. Soundgarden, yeah. Overkill, Dark Angel, uh, Mother Love Bone, Dream Theater. You know, do we need to sir even Sir Mix a lot? Like um, Limp Biscuit, Stained. It goes on. He's so. made Dog. at least one of your favorite albums. Yeah. Um, and then. That kind of goes to we're getting into like the uh, <clears throat> excuse me the production side like he did the producing and recording and mixing and then Lamont Hyde did the mixing was the mixing assistant and Ted Jensen was the mastering uh, I get you know head of mastering for the album and these this is where these credentials kind of become interesting because the album was nominated for uh, a Grammy for its um, engineering. It wow. was, yeah, it was nominated for Best Engineered Album uh, because of More Human Than Human, and it was also nominated for Best Metal Performance. Um, so to that engineering point, uh, the mastering, who's Ted Jensen, he did a lot of stuff, and, uh, you know, more recently, like Nora Jones, he's done The Eagles' Hotel California, Green so Day's he's American a idiot. That no yeah. one knows his name. Yeah, so he's responsible for all these humongous albums. Um, and then you have uh, old Rick Wild, who did the recording, and you know him just as well has crazy credentials: Pantera, Static X, Power Man Five Thousand, Deftones. Everything in this time exactly. frame mm-hmm. of of what was huge back then, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's really just getting these up and coming new bands like in the right hands of the right people to really hear their full potential. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're just, you know, you're a kid listening to this stuff. You're like, how, how did they make this album? Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of fucking moving parts and a lot of people. You wouldn't expect like, you know, this guy did green days, American idiot. And you would never think that holy fuck that person that was responsible for that sound also contributed to this album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially out of like so many things, uh, I thought when we talked about White Zombie, we were going to learn about some 
some one-off producer or something like mm. every so often happens in some of these episodes. But no, it, there's a reason why this album is so iconic and so well heard. Mm-hmm. And it's because it just, it, it sounded amazing. good. It sounded good. Like, yeah. It, yeah, if you, if it just sounds good, it doesn't matter. Like some of the songs going to like a structure wise, some of the songs are just like verse, chorus, verse. There's like a, br- a bridge part and the and bridge, that's about it. and the bridge yeah. is basically a recording. They play a sample play like a new riff or something or a, a revised riff of maybe the verse or the chorus and then they just repeat the a pattern again and that's the song. But they're doing so much stuff with the programming and the sound effects and the, the samples and just the kind of, kind of the way the verses and choruses are even structured that they... Take, yeah, take more human than human. As soon as we come into the verse of that song, right before zombie singing, they're just doing the dun dun and then that sound in the background. Yeah. What the fuck is that sound? That you know what I mean? Yeah. They do. And no one else is doing anything. It's just a drum beat and that sound and a dun dun. They do a lot of crazy intros dun, dun. with sound and with like clips and things like that. That's mm-hmm. something that like I really. That's something they've always done, well, but that's so what flawless I on this album for really sure. Really remember from when I was first listening to White Zombie and Rob Zombie is like them taking movie clips and sounds and things like that, and that's something that like. I definitely attribute just to them doing. Mm-hmm. Like I would listen to another band kind of like that and they weren't as involved with those types of things. Yeah, it you inspired can, us to do recordings. Yeah, on the Gorehound yeah. stuff. Yeah. And you can go and you can look up every recording and what they are, you know, movie and stuff. It's all pretty documented as far as that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. and some were just so on the nose. It was like I had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster up in my room for years and I'm <laughs> listening to this White Zombie song and I'm like, and it's like, uh, you know what the poster says, like they will all die or something. And he, that's the verse mm-hmm. of that song where he's just saying that over and over again. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're nerds. Ah. They're horror nerds. Yeah. But sometimes the vocals are hard to hear in this album. There's a lot of. Oh, like, yeah. Like I said earlier. Sometimes he sounds like a chicken. And it's, <laughs> it, it's low in the mix. You know, it's low in the mix. Yeah, it is uh, real low. It seems like. Uh, it just sounds like growling and a lot thing. of noises sometimes. I'm like, what are the words? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the <laughs> album also uh, they go from E standard tuning to drop uh, C sharp, so basically uh, one and a half steps down. So really low, kind of we're getting into that '90s. So, so they're adopting this industrial sound while also now taking it to like where kind of um, metal is going with the detunings and the. You know, Sepultura's roots and stuff like that. It's just right. getting like lower and lower. So at at this point, they're doing that. They're combining more industrial and even more lower lower tuned songs, more heavier songs, um, and the lyrics are even getting more darker and just you know disturbing in a sense than the previous album. Um, Which the previous album is a little bit more f- fun and colorful and childish in some ways, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it, it, for all of these, uh, parts coming together, it's equaling something that's different than previous white zombie stuff. Uh, but also that, like, uh, like the Magnus Opus, like their peak, yeah. that's why they kind of break up. There's kind of really nothing else to do after this and, album. And then you see the branch of where Rob Zombie's going to go on the solo. Yeah. And we see this time and time again, when it comes to the solo artists, they get to that peak with their band and then they take that sound and go along with it for the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. In most cases, or maybe just some, 
I'm just thinking about we did uh, Simple Tourist Roots and a lot of correlation with this, with it being the last album with Max, you know, and then Max taking the root sound and just copy and pasting it yeah. to every Soulfly album. And that's like, the, you know, Astro Creep, copy, paste right there to fucking um, Hillbilly. Hillbilly Billy. Deluxe. Yeah. Well, that's where you really get like more human than human. Like, you, like that song. Still to this day, even though I know that it is a white zombie song, it I'm does. like Rob Zombie. Yeah. Wait, no, hold on. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like it should. Like this album these are, carries that over. Yeah, and, it's like, and again, these are songs when you go see Rob Zombie, you're gonna yeah. hear these songs be played. You know, we well, yeah, they're his. We're gonna hear <laughs> Thunderkiss '65 and you know um, Black Sunshine. Yeah, and we might get lucky to hear like uh, Soul Crusher or something off of this or uh, Electric Head. You know, part well, two. he did. Uh, I think they did do a like. I have a like sort of live, like you played the whole album live, sort of a thing. I think for another, I think the twentieth maybe anniversary. I do you know? remember that, and everyone you know? was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go see this yeah. live," and I was like, "Fuck, why so didn't I go?" He did that, and uh, I mean, to the album's notes, it also it uh, sold two point six million copies, so it's certified double sure. platinum. Um, you know, it's probably sold more, a little more since. Then, um, I mean, and, um, looking on their Spotify, like 35 million plays, yeah. and that's just a, a Spotify, that's just Spotify. Um, and then just some, some, uh, not fun facts because they're actually sad facts, but <laughs> oh, um, sad facts right now, <laughs> sad, sad facts, sad facts, sad, um, uh, sad Chris. <laughs> Uh, they're actually one of the victims of that 2008 Universal Studios fire where like a bunch of like just films and masters got burnt on the Universal lot. So like, you know, a bunch of artists lost uh, masters um, and it all started from like uh, just a, like a construction sort of uh, job gone wrong, you know, left something on that was supposed to let something cool, didn't cool actually started a fire damn breaks out destroys you know all of these masters to you know countless artists um uh, white zombie being one of them uh white zombie being you know one of them I, i'm trying to get the list up here but yeah you have like hole was a part of it um we have um Tom petty um his wife like a lot of these people ended up uh counter suing like suing them for like losing all that material. Yeah, but you know, saying that the damage wasn't as bad as it was, uh, basically. But um, there's our Courtney Love mention for the episode, by the way. There you go. Fucking yeah. bitch. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, come back to haunt me. I'm gonna fucking. They, the, I don't think they went on tour together. This fire happened Probably. in 2008, and then they like kind of are assessing all the damage, right? Telling these artists, hey, you lost your stuff. Some of them. At the time that it got caught on fire, uh, Soundgarden was remastering Bad Motorfinger, and so they lost all the all the tapes. But luckily, there was backups, so they were able to remaster Bad Motorfinger. But there were some bands um, that were affected, uh, and this is according to a f 2020 February filing um, that 19 artists had been damaged or destroyed officially. Um, and that's Brian Adams, Trail of Dead, uh, Beck, Sheryl Crow, Peter Frampton, Jimmy Eat World, Delton John. These are all bands that meant nothing at this time that this fire even happened. Nirvana, right? Les Paul, R.E.M., Slayer, Sonic Youth, Soundgarden. Okay. World. 
White it's Zombie. Not a big band at this point. So I mean, all these bands lost all these masters, so we're probably never going to get a White Zombie remaster of this album of any type. You know, because that one, yeah. The, it, the, wow. So you know who lost the most in that fire? Terry Date. <laughs> he did all the work, all the shit all that was fucked. Bands. He did most of that work. <laughs> yeah, he must have been just in tears, no, or just like, thank God, I could take a break. My God, I had so much on my plate. No. So, uh, I mean, going through, I was looking at it. I was like, oh, 25 years. Maybe we'll get a remaster, a deluxe edition or something. No. It's reminds me. Because we lost the master yeah, copies. we lost. You might get a, like extra bonus tracks sort of a thing, but. You know, it sounds good. You it's don't never going to be remastered. You know it's, so. It sounds good. You don't really need to fuck with it. This is one of those things that just came it does out. does sound polished. really good. Yeah. I was listening to it, you know, on my speakers. It's my loud speakers as fuck, yeah. It sounds. It sounds modern. It sounds huge. I mean, yeah. nominated for best engineering. It's got to hold up, you know. That test yeah. of time. Sorry, it reminds me of the guy that lost all the all the things in the crocodile fire of Tiger King. Oh no! <laughs> it's just Sorry. like that episode of Tiger King. Yes, and the cro- and the alligators. To put it in context. Thank crocodiles you. Crocodiles that died. Yeah, yeah so go watch that. Watch his yeah. watch his reaction. Was there a bunch of crocodiles that died in this one too? It was at Universal, right? Or, yeah, it was at Universal. The, a lot of stuff. A bunch of interns. Maybe? <laughs> just a bunch like, of people. Like the King Kong attraction and a bunch of stuff oh, like that. Oh no! Oh shit! Real monkeys. Real <laughs> no, monkeys. No. Just <laughs> piss like, poor fucking electricians. But like paper, Jesus. you know the the King Kong ride and stuff. Like yeah, oh, no. I don't. Yeah, luckily Universal doesn't have live animals. I don't think. But <laughs> at least, at least yeah. it might have been an employee loss. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Yeah. They have the money to cover so, it up. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a uh, uh, sad facts with, with Chris yeah because yeah. uh, yeah, it's, uh, just uh, the sad sack fact corner with yep. Chris Christofferson. Yeah. Yeah. Now back to uh, <laughs> the good news. <laughs> All right, sunshine. Uh, that the album. Sold twenty six million. I mean, or two point six million. Uh, that's pretty that's good. Pretty, yeah. that's I don't a know. Good number. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the, uh, when it comes to the reception, like all over the place. You know what I mean? Like the more human than human was all over media. That was like movies, a song that was played on the radio. You like know? Uh, the um, probably the what is it, the licensing that that song alone did helped all of them to this day. You know, I mean, still to this day, like that song gets put in a movie or something like uh, all the soundtracks that it's been on. And yeah. yeah. And to the soundtrack point, that was like the last time that they ever even were together. They did a Beavis and Butthead soundtrack. Right. That song. That was the last song they ever did. That was that was it. Went back to the studio to do that and done. That was it. That was it. So post this album, they did one song and that was it. So you can get like the... I like the uh, Rob Zombie, uh, I don't know what it was, but it was like the collection, in which it was like his greatest hits, but you got some of those songs that were on the movies from the Beavis and Butt soundtrack. Mm. So you got the Airhead song on there. Uh, I, that one's called Human. I forget, all right. <laughs> but um, yeah, you get those and then uh, some white zombie songs on there too. And then you get like a whole disc of all the music videos. So that was about like the biggest collection I guess you can get when it comes to like getting all this stuff together. I looked up their discography, White Zombie in the past, and sometimes they would pull up like 13 albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like yeah. these 
uh, indie labels or whatever. And, and again, they said this is their fourth studio album, which I'm like, what are you talking about? Like Soul Crusher is barely an album, I thought. And um, it counted. I was just going to say, just to the point of like the song More Human Than Human, I knew it came from something I couldn't remember what, but I looked it up. And um, just because throwing back to the point of like them being horror sci-fi nerds, do you guys know where the what the title is from at all? Can I read this real quick? I'm going to read this real quick. Then. <laughs> um, the title and lyrics reference the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, adapted in film as Blade Runner. The title was a slogan of the Tyrell Corporation, manufacturers of the very humaniform biological androids or replicants that are the focal point of the story. So, so this is a sci-fi based mm, album. Yeah. <laughs> a concept album again. <laughs> hmm. And I thought the name Astro, no, it totally told me Astro Zombie. I'm thinking of zombies in space. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Astro Creep. Fuck, I'll leave. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> 2000. All right. I gotta go. <laughs> we, do, we do get one more release in November tw- I'm Talking about the remix, Super Sexy. No. The Let's Let Sleep that in Corpses Lie, the box set. So which, we, we looked it up on Spotify and half of the uh, songs are removed from it. No, that's off of, you're thinking of the album that came out in 2008, which is, um, I'll look it up again. There's one that came out in 1996, that's the super sexy one. And then the one that he's talking about is 2000. Then the 2008 one is, uh, hold on. Chris, go on with what you were saying. Uh, yes, Sorry, it, was, it was this, a box set that Geffen put out um, in 2008 of November. Which has all of the, uh, you know, sixty-four tracks, every White Zombie album and EP. What is it called? Um, Let sleeping corpses lie. Okay, so that is the one I was talking about. Yeah, where ha- like half of it is unavailable. Half of it is unavailable on, on Spotify. Spotify. Um, and so that may be because of you know it's it, the fire. Maybe the fire or something. I mean, I don't know. It actually says that all of uh, all of it was remastered. So this was. Um, Potentially before the fire, and then the fire came, and now everything's kapoo. That's what I was thinking, and how that because there's uh, that, between. and then there's it came from NYC, which came out in 2016, which is also like a remaster of a lot of their songs. Yeah. Later, Justin. Uh, you won't find Justin on this episode because he hates White Zombie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> told you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, it came out in June, uh, or no, November. The um, fire was in June of 2008. So coincidentally, oh, the box I thought set the fire was at, back in the 90s. I'm sorry, uh, 2008. I'm not so yeah, the, it was later on. Yeah. The fire happens post uh, or before box set comes out. Pre. The yeah pre. Sorry, <laughs> the fire happens before the box set comes out. But luckily, all of those tracks have already, I guess, been. Then what the fuck is happening on Spotify where we just can't... Yeah. uh, That might be because of Capital and fucking Geffen, something someone bought who and maybe Um, those indie labels got bought out. Yeah, because those songs are available, just not in that form Mm -hmm. on that. That happens. Yeah. It's weird that does happen. Um, Maybe I don't know. And those are just those rare albums. Um, You know, something ridiculous happened. They have um, White Zombie... Zombies uh, live in New York City. It's called like White Zombie uh, Live New York, something like that. There's like 25 songs. I accidentally Mm -hmm. clicked heart, you know, Spotify heart it, Mm -hmm. and now it won't leave. 
it just keeps it just keeps popping up these old <laughs> recordings of white zombie. I'm oh like, what is this? And I'm like, stop it. And I've I've tried to unheart it. So it's unheart. There's 25 yeah. songs. It's hey, fucking like up my algorithm. All right. Um, do you guys want to get into another song? Huh? Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up some quick. Oh, post, I'm sorry, Chris. Post white zombies since Fuck they're uh, yeah. So yeah, they do the re the box set 2008 2010. Um, you Releases a book, um, just basically just all this, you know, photos of her 11 years in White Zombie. Um, it's called I'm in the Band. And then um, since then, they've kind of all been like asked in interviews, hey, are you going to reform? Are you ever going to do, do a reunion show? Reunion? And no. Why, uh, Rob Zombie hasn't even talked to him since they broke up, hasn't oh. spoken to anybody, and oh. has only talked to. Uh, Sean, because of like a little bit of, like a little bit, you know, it was a bad breakup. Something, yeah. So he hasn't t- basically talked to anybody in the band since they broke up, and then uh, besides for the drummer, which he took with him. <laughs> besides, yeah, besides the drummer, come with me. And then, uh, yeah, they did the uh, like you said that it came from NYC, um, yeah. That and then um, a vinyl box set, and then they did some. Rob Zombie did a festival in 2016 when the Misfits were reuniting, and there was rumors, "Hey, White Zombie's going to root it back together because he was because that was he was going to play Astro Creep yeah. in its entirety." So that was all the speculation. And he's like, no, I just hired these people to play it. Yeah, so <laughs> I got Johnny Five. No. Uh, yeah, basically, no, they didn't join. Um, but like they said, all the members said they would do it. You know they they've joked about it. They would do an Astro Creek more original members tour, more original, yeah. so, <laughs> more original. You know, they than joke original about it, tour. you know, and they, uh, uh, you know, there's maybe a possibility. Don't ever say never. Rob Zombie says never, but <laughs> you know we've heard so many times people it's say I'm artists. not going to do it, and yeah. then. Just you know, artists. somebody comes with a, either a, a good cause or a dump truck of money, one or the other, and it's <laughs> like, and both, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Well, um, uh, let's get into another song. Yeah. Um, this is my pick. I'm going to do Blurred Technicolor. Is that what it's called? Blur the Technicolor. Blur the Technicolor. I'll leave. I'm gone. I, uh, you guys won't hear from me after this uh, song. I appreciate dead. y'all. Again, this is the Bingo Over Podcast. Zombies, Follow zombies us got on Instagram, the, the Facebook, white zombie got YouTube. <laughs> Let's do it.
fucking love that song. Does it kind of sound like he's singing backwards there in the verse too? Like says it forward and then it kind of just sounds like... Yeah, it kind of sounds make him ups but he always kind of sounds make him ups Yeah, he sounds like he's like... Just words. Slurring everything. Yeah, I'm definitely listening to the music first. That always grasped me at... Like, what are the lyrics about? I assume something cool. No. We should probably <laughs> read the lyrics. Sometimes I hear the lyrics. Sometimes. <laughs> it's cool. Well, I think we're on our, uh, the, 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 uh, the part in the podcast. Oh my where, God, did you have a stroke? <laughs> I was like, what's, what's going guy, on? <laughs> uh, where we do the fun facts. The fun facts. The fun facts. Well, we already did sad facts. We did sad facts. But now it's fun fact time. Uh, just, you know, um, it's hard not, again, it's hard not to talk about uh, Rob Zombie when it comes to talking about White Zombie. Um, he's the one you're always going to see interviews on, even lately. Um, Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, a reference back to that. Um mm. He's a more than just a musician at this point because of his movies and you know people probably you know in their twenties probably only really know Rob Zombie as a like a film director first and they were like what did he start this band after that and it's like no 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 <laughs> but you know that that's probably a thought process well, his that movies definitely reflect have. like because now a House of movies. Thousand Corpses is a cult classic uh, despite. It's delayed, um, you know. Um, well, how did delayed effect? Because of when it when it came out in theaters, it was only for a limited time, and well, so it only delayed hit a, release as well. Like taking well, years. It only it only only hit a very and, small portion of people who were into that type of movie because it it wasn't it was only released for a couple of weeks and it got pulled. Yeah, um, I can only imagine what the original like version of that movie was well, because there was still so the original many, version available. It's just, well, n- actually there was so many, uh, edits, uh, scenes cut and stuff that oh, just I got know. lost okay. in the saying. backlash. Yeah. And them canceling the movie at one point was even a thing where it was like, good God. And it was in, <laughs> it produ- wasn't allowed it was in, in movie a lot of production countries. hell. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And, and now like a universal canceling the whole project. Right. And him having to pull it out under someone else. Now Universal has that like theme park of a house of a thousand corpses, for God's sakes. So, you know what I mean? Now, like uh, with enough time, it's like gained a cult following, and people always refer back to his remakes of Halloween. Um, one of my favorite is El uh, Lucha Libre. El oh, you're Lucha talking about Bisto. 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 Bisto or whatever. Yeah. El Sexto. Yeah. That was it's, that was great. Beast. I fucking love that. Uh, oh, El Super Beast, though. It's because yeah. it's Super Beast. Oh, my God. Yeah, Please, <laughs> Rob Zombie, do more yeah. animated stuff. That yeah. was a good one. That was great. That's, yeah. a, like, not very talked about. It's, I know, and that was no one, one of my favorite about movies. Movie. Um, yeah. I don't... I liked, um, you know, the most recent movie, uh, Three from Hell, uh, Three finishing from Hell. off I just rewatched whole, 31. That was great to me. I didn't even see 31. That's because um, you're Sounds pretty cool, behind. though. The, pl- uh, the the plot seems pretty cool. Lords of Salem was actually pretty cool, touching on like his music. Lords of Salem to me was really cool because it's touching on like how he views music in 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 a different way for me because there's a constant repetitive track in that movie. Yeah, and it's very it's mesmerizing. And if you a lot of songs that he does, if you listen to them constantly over and over again, it's like oh yeah, it's you're in this like mindset that it puts you in where like like the movie like the song from the movie. Yeah, he was like quoting that uh. 
the famous scene from um, uh, Salem, uh, Lords, Lords of Salem. Salem. And, uh, you know, her in the face paint mm-hmm. with the yellow sweater, the striped yellow sweater. It's and black and white. Saying, like, she just, like, woke up, like, right before when they were about to film that scene. And there's, like, this little midget guy running around. And even that's, filming it, it just seems like you were in a dream. That's very. You know, how awkward. That's uh, very Twin set. Peaks. Yeah. Yeah. Firewalk with me. Even in that movie, it has a homage to uh, Firewalk with me. It has the, her bedspread. Her, her bed is that theme. It's definitely a movie that you would want to go back and rewatch uh, after the first time because you're going to catch things that you didn't catch before because it's so – it feels really fast, too. It, it just feels like a goes. fucking fever yeah. dream. It's weird. It, like, makes you kind of, like – I like his movies because they normally go pretty quick, you know? Watching A House of a Thousand Corpses, it, it feels like it flies Well, that's by, just straight you know? exploitation horror gore shit. Like, that's – yeah, even yeah. Devil's Reject, just fucking that movie just sails, dude. I feel like we're at the end and like a turnaround and we're like towards the end, like fucking, um, uh, fucking, what's his name? Uh, Which character? One of the gangster characters, like, uh, I, I'm just losing all brain power right now, but it was DDP, you know? He like comes in, does some diamond cutter on the Devil's Rejects, like fucking up the, the bad guys at the end of the movie in Devil's Rejects. And you kind of feel bad for the bad guys, you know, because they're getting busted up by like Danny Trejo and shit, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's also that's all supposed it's like, to be. Yeah, it's having like um, passion for the killers in some ways because I know yeah, I felt I felt bad in that scene. I was like, well, why do I feel bad for these? Because people? you're secretly <laughs> rooting why for them because you want to keep seeing them do terrible shit. Yeah, and that's the point of the movie. Uh, I fucking I thought casting that movie is great. Um, I want to see you murder some shit. <laughs> yeah, and again, like yeah, the uh, casting is fucking brilliant. Just uh, Rob Zombie himself, just being a huge part of pop culture at this point. Music, uh, movies. He's just culty. That's what he is. His yeah. music, his movies. He's he's very reminiscent of of what we said before of Grindhouse, of exploitation, of weird, flashy, gore, fucking lights. I loved his um, his uh, mock trailer in the Grindhouse, you know, yeah. the Quentin Tarantino Werewolf Women of the SS. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then doing a song later on, I think, on uh, Hellbilly Deluxe for Part Two. Yeah, he did a song. Yeah, uh, I I like that album a lot. Oh, you too. It was a thing for me where I always got like I said this before in the podcast. I always got a Rob Zombie or a White Zombie album on my birthday or on Christmas. That was always like my brother or my dad. That's what they knew to get me. Rob Zombie, White Zombie, something. So, again, I getting that album on my birthday and listening to the whole thing. It just reminds me of that in um, springtime, if you will. You know, uh, being out of school. Springtime. Yeah, we're out of school right now. Exactly. It's this time. And then watching those we're music videos like, over and over again is just <laughs> this is our I don't know. Break. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a very long and um, boring, boring, confined, yeah. boring. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, everyone else went off to do other things, too. Um, help me remember John, the drummer. John Tempest. Tempesta. 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 Um, going on to be the drummer for the Colt for, like, 10 years after all that stuff. And then I don't think he's doing too much now. But, yeah, um, I would love to see them come back and do, like, some white zombie, I don't know, maybe movie? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a, a unrealistic white zombie movie. Yeah, we're just. I don't know what else I could I could ask from 
White Zombie, a reunion show is one thing. Uh, it really sucks that Rob Zombie doesn't talk. To I don't think there'll be a reunion people, show. But I think that he might include some of the original members, but not like a full reunion show. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, fans love that kind of shit. And, um, you know, Shauna just being like an uh, iconic bass player too. You have that hot chick bass player in the band and, I remember me and my friends always talking about her and be like, yeah. Yeah, you can really that tell that shit. he's into yeah. the same type. I mentioned this earlier. He's into the same type of lady. He has a preference. Blonde and white. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're from the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bleached. Bleached blonde yeah. and skinny and white. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, um, you know, uh, Johnny Five uh, being iconically, you know, getting his name in Marilyn Manson and stuff. And then just joining Rob Zombie yeah. now. I've been there for like fucking eight years, if not longer. And uh, them going on the Twins of Evil tour uh, oh, twice yeah. now. Yeah. Um, they said it could never happen again. It did. Yeah. We were there. And we it's were just, there. It's, it's funny. <laughs> uh, again, all these things kind of line up. Uh, these episodes kind of like overlap at times, especially when we talk about this. Um, I know things will be getting on here pretty soon. Might have some same producers, but we'll be... Talking about maybe a different scene of music, if you will. As far as? Uh, just uh, future episodes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean. I thought you were still talking about Rob Zombie. It's like, what do you, what do you mean? I mean, <laughs> it might be a while before we go into a Rob Zombie <laughs> episode. Um, I would love to do um, Hellbilly Deluxe. Very iconic. Sinister Urge was one of my favorite, too. Uh, I liked Sinister Urge a lot, yeah. What I always liked with uh, him, it was like, um, that's what I always thought. It was like at least three albums. That's what I was thinking. It was um, like industrial metal, and then the Sinister Urge being very orchestra-illustrated metal because there's a lot of like violins and stuff like that. And then on the next album, um, I'm forgetting what the next album was after that, but um, it was very country-twangy. Yeah. Yeah. And he always goes for like kind of a theme. And right now it just feels like he's still in that country twangy. <laughs> it, it makes sense. When I think of Rob Zombie, I think of. Well, his uh, first album was called. Rob Zombie Now. Works. I'm thinking like the desert okay. for whatever reason, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like cowboy hats and, and rattlesnakes and skulls and women dancing. I'm fucking sexy. Yeah. <laughs> Scorpion folk. Yeah. I've always loved Rob Zombie. Um, even going back and listening to some of the newer albums, which there's like three or four I've never heard because I just, man, put that on pause. You know what I mean? It was such a long time. And um, I don't know, going back and listening to some of that stuff would be fun. Um, I want to see 31, that's for sure. Yeah, it's good. I don't want to ruin it. Um, I liked uh, Three from Hell. I know a lot of I people were like, "This I did is not. that was a crazy movie." There is Thirty One, the most recent one, or no? Three, three from Hell is the most recent one. What's Thirty One about? Thirty One is um, has all the reg- it has the regular cast in it. It has Sherry Budabi, but it has um, Malcolm McDowell in it as well. It's about these um, people that get trapped in what. Looks like they don't explain it, but it looks like it used to be like a carnival, or maybe it is still happening, but it's not happening at the trapped time. Trapped in a creepy location, they tra- and they send out a serial killer, like thirty-one serial killers, and they. That's have to- not what happens. No, nope. so what happens okay. is that. <laughs> so they do get trapped, and it's a game of. Uh, so uh, Malcolm Dial is hosting it, and there's several other people who are betting on the winner, and they send out a couple different killers who are like dressed up in these different costumes they have different 
names for him, whatever, and they go out and they try to go through this fucking carnival thing and kill them. Sick, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I thought it was pretty good, but it is definitely like gore porny. Where if you are not into watching just straight violence, then you're not going to enjoy it. Uh, I'm gonna love it. I think then. Yeah, um, it's great. <laughs> and that one was actually a crowdfunded movie. We just got yeah. It never. Yeah. I don't think it was released in theaters. I think mm-hmm. it was. I think one of the things... I downloaded it. Yeah, one of the things was, um, if you donate to this, uh, Rob Zombie would call you every day, give you a phone call. I don't What's think up, that buddy? was real. It would be a recorded phone call, he said. <laughs> Not him actually calling you. Okay. That was one of the things that was in there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Crowdfunded movies, it's kind of like... Now you're forced to do the movie. There's no backing out. Like all these people yeah. put in their money and then they're asking something from you. And that's. I think I told you guys. I that's was even like, scarier than getting like a, an actual, like, you know, a studio to give you a loan, if you will. You have fans like demanding, all right, I gave you the money. Now give me what I want. And it's like, I don't, I think I know what you want. I think I told you guys I was in the test audience for Halloween when it came out. He handed yeah. out surveys and was, well, not him personally, but one of the people working <laughs> for him. There was like, and you were like, fuck yeah. I was like, fuck yeah. No, it was like a two page long questionnaire of what you thought of the and, film. And that one has very mixed feelings in the horror community. You know, a lot of people saying, <sighs> um, meh. Or some people saying, I love it, it, it was but their people, favorite, a lot of you know? people are. Look at I it. Love it. Look at Hair. it as a different movie. Look yeah. at it as something separate. And even uh, Halloween part two is, is so weird. People are like, why does he have facial hair? Well, uh, Fun fact, folks, um, they were trying to make this movie called T-Rex about a wrestler, and this kind of sounds like fucking El Super Beast a little bit, huh? And he was growing out the facial hair for that role, uh, the character that uh, played Michael Myers. So he was still in the middle of trying to get that made, and I believe the movie was canceled somewhere in the middle of them filming it. So everything got fucked, and you know, taking that weird long break from Hollywood and be like, I don't know if I want to do movies, coming back and... We say this now when it comes to making albums, and, and it's, again, now with making movies too, the indie movie scene is on fire when it comes to horror. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So um, coming back now and playing by your own rules and not have to listen to universal executives tell you what they think a horror movie should be. You know, it's like that's so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But uh, just playing by your own rules makes everything better. And I know Rob Zombie is one of those uh, yeah, he's artists that. that are just like, I know exactly what I want, you know? And I don't need anyone telling me what they think I should fucking do. Which um, is why I fucking love uh, White Zombie. I love Rob Zombie. They played by their own rules no matter what. They didn't listen to anyone. They were like, oh, we're going to... Yeah, they were NYC we want, art kids. They're going to do what they want, man. Okay, here's, <laughs> here's a bunch of money to make an album. Oh, uh, we're trying to get you a music video. We're going to have this guy film it and direct it. And he was like, I'm going to do it myself. And they're like, we didn't mention what? how no, no, their no. first show is at CBGB. They're very that makes sense, first from show. New York and everything. Yeah. 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 That's pretty cool. That's um, very New York. Yeah. Getting back to that live album that got stuck on my Spotify playlist. Um, horrible. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's, they were figuring it out. Again, it's not what I think of when I think of White Zombie is those old recordings. Like, I want to hear old B songs or old jam sessions of White Zombie. Me personally, no. But most bands, I really don't want to go back and hear like really crappy recordings, especially when I can put on something like uh, Astro Creep and listen to that. You know, yeah. if I want to go back and listen to Rob Zombie stuff, I'm glad it's there. You really want to deep dive into stuff like that. There's so many box sets, so many. 
uh, EPs or remixes. It's gone so long for <laughs> for how long now? Like thirty mm-hmm. plus years. We just have Rob Zombie in our lives. So, <laughs> I mean, as far as I can remember, you know what I mean. And um, I love it, but at the same time, um, it's a it's it's a it's a piece of my childhood. It's a stamp of like who I am today and what I like and other music I go on to. Um, but um, anyone that hasn't dived into the white zombie, Rob zombie, any of you younger listeners that mm. weren't around when he was like playing all over the radio and MTV, uh, go back and check out some of that stuff. Listen to the whole albums of, you know, uh, devil music or hellbilly deluxe, or even the sinister urge. Um, Look up uh, music videos is the best way too. Yeah, I was just gonna mm-hmm. say look up best. pictures of him because he is yeah. Wacky. Um, <laughs> everyone is like that movie Airhead has become a cult classic as well, you know, yeah. and it holds up because I, we rewatched it and it's so funny still to this day. It is so good, and you know, White Zombies in there too, so you get like playing a whole song. I remember I always forget you know that. Chris Farley just ripping off that nipple ring, <laughs> and that guy was trying to bully him, but um. I fucking uh, absolutely love it. Um, again, um, I have the biggest crush on female bass players. Uh, Sharon, if you're listening to this, I'm rolling my eyes. And you're single. And <laughs> Thanks. I, Thanks, I, by the way. I'm sitting directly in front of you. That's fine. <laughs> That's okay. You can, She's cool you can with leave it. me for her. I don't She's care. She's cool with it. She's cool. <laughs> She's cool. <laughs> Maybe we can all get along, huh? All right. <laughs> Um, anything else anyone had? Um, I think the next album we're going to do is Tad. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. really staying in the same time frame, but um, going with a different genre. Of I was going to say the exact same time frame because that album came out on the exact same day, the exact same year oh, as White Jesus. Zombies. And we picked from a list of 30 folks. We oh, just felt uh, like we needed to do this because... Um, it's a band that most people don't know about. It has its own history behind this album. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, another a story to be crazy. Told. The just a, a comparison and what's going on in music at that time. Why zombies coming out and early nineties album? Yeah, yeah. mid nineties. So. <laughs> While one band went industrial, another band. Yeah, and it's kind of from the grunge section seeing. Nowadays, everyone's <laughs> like, uh, or not, hold on, let me go back. Nowadays, for me, uh, my favorite timestamp at this point is the 90s at this time with their horrible, corny fucking horror movies like Wishmaster and shit like oh, that. Yeah. Uh, Leprechaun. The awful, in space. like, uh, weird animation. Showtime. Animation. Yeah. The, the Showtime thing uh, where they had, like, playing like dark anime on Showtime, you know, if you had cable, you stayed up late. Oh my God. And then MTV mm. two, it was no MTV two. It was just MTV. It, you had Beavis and Butthead. You had celebrity Deathmatch. Um, oh yeah. This is like, you know, uh, what I remember. And this is adult the most precious swim. times, uh, the eighties or the early adult swim shit. <laughs> or yeah. iconic with yeah. that. I'm more Robot about the chicken. early nineties. All kids out yeah. of the pool. <laughs> Chris, thank you. <laughs> All right, and um, well, this was the Bangover podcast. Yeah, it still we got is some cool shit. It still of. is. It's still <laughs> not it going was, still is. Um, yes, please follow us on Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram. 
and Instagram. All of it. Bangover Productions, Bangover ATX. You'll find us. We'll be the first thing that pops up. Surprisingly, surprisingly, no porn pops up when you type in Bangover. You're welcome. Yet. Surprising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, not, we're not doing porn production yet, but we're working there. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Different market. It's hard to get a foot in there. Um, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and eventually when all this quarantine stuff is over, we'll be back to doing live shows, talking to more musicians and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. A lot more posts. So uh, the YouTube channel is definitely the best place to find most things. Instagram is fine and Facebook's whatever. But follow us on YouTube at Bangover Productions. Listen to us on Spotify. Spotify. Spotify, Stitcher, uh, your Apple cast or whatever the fuck most, that thing's called. I think that no. most of the folks use the Spotify. Yeah. And yeah. YouTube. You can follow us on YouTube at Bangor Productions. And uh, yeah, uh, we Here. have so Our much stuff song. coming Yeah, it's up. my pick. I like this one because you can hear what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs off of here as well. Um, again, please, to me, if you have never is... listened to this album... From start oh, to finish, yeah. go so, and put it on from start to It's not long at 35 minutes. It's not long. It's really long. good. This song is the last song that he, the, 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 the last song off of this album. I don't think he even sings in. He doesn't because I was just listening to it. This one, you can actually hear his voice one and it's like more, uh, I don't know, it's uh, creepier. And the title of it is pretty long as well. The sidewalk ends where the bug. Wait, wait that's not. That's not it? No. What's no, we're with? playing Blood Milk oh, and okay. Sky. Oh, okay. I thought it was the second. Okay. So, yeah, Blood Milk and Sky. This one they did, they were going to shoot a music video for. It was going to be their last music video, and then like production fell through or something. Fuck. So, what, this one was going to be a single from the album. Damn, so. that would have yeah. been cool. Yeah. So, let's check it out as we say bye. And thank you all for listening. I'm bye, Scott guys. Allen, Chris Myers, and Bria Bill. Bria Bill. Bye. <laughs> bye. And bye. Yeah. <laughs>